Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. get into the um the gushing soon <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> hello everybody welcome back to old hollywood realness um, welcome this, back i'm philip estrada i'm kathleen Nall. and this is the podcast where we celebrate the glitz and glamour of tinseltown's golden era and all the people who make it possible that's right um the we're still in quarantine <laughs> uh, <laughs> living our best lives um and we're actually very excited because we're joined by a fantastic podcaster in his own right. Um, please welcome yes. Mr. Adam Roach. All the way Hi. from England. <laughs> <laughs> so nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I was getting very bored. It's my pleasure. In, in you know, cooking. So. Yes. <laughs> um, how's everything going over in England? <laughs> yeah, it's nice and sunny, thank God. Um, yeah. But apart from that, yeah, it's boring. Very boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully being uh we're managing to be uh productive at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um well, we got to say um uh we became aware of Mr. Adam Roche because of the podcast Secret History of Hollywood. Yes. Um, that's right. I feel like I just said that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Secret History of Hollywood. And it was the Shadow series is when um, I, uh, Kathleen actually introduced me to Shadows. So this is very exciting to actually get to meet you because that podcast was phenomenal. Just, uh, I mean, it blew me away. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you uh, so much. I'm so, it's very, very, very sweet of you. I, I, I must admit, I'm, I'm new to your podcast. Oh. But, um, I listened to your um, Adventures of Robin Hood show uh, on the oh. one the one shopping trip I've been allowed in the past fortnight, and um, yeah, I loved it so much. Thank oh, you good. so much. I'm really glad. I'm really glad you're making the show. I love um, Adventures of Robin Hood. It's like the best school play oh, ever good. made. I love it. It was, it was it was a joy. It was a joy to podcast, and I was um, <laughs> I think I was a couple beers in when I uh, did that recap. So I think, oh, I love that shit. A little unhinged. <laughs> it was good. It was so much fun. It was. It was very fun. Um, I um, we're very excited too for your next season as well when you're because you're covering Cary Grant and he's Cary he's Grant, fantastic. Yeah. So yes, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to um, Patreon up and in order to get those episodes early. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. The the previews up. I think I put the first hour up um, a couple of weeks ago, so oh, people yeah. had the, heard the first hour of it. But it's going to be the biggest series ever. Like, I think Shadows is the eighth series I made. Oh wow! Um, so um, the, I think Hitchcock was twenty hours, and Audrey Hepburn was eight hours. Bullets and Blood, the Warner story, that I think that was twenty-two hours, and Shadows, I think, thirty hours. I think the first part of Cary Grant was three parts. So the first part alone is fifteen hours. So the, it's going to be a very, very, very big. <laughs> wow! wow. This, this... I keep writing, keep writing, keep writing, and think, oh my god, it's got to, it's got to stop soon. But you know, yeah. Massive. This, so this is fantastic. <laughs> like I, um, I honestly, I'd love to hear your history though. Like what? Because it's in, um, it's fascinating for like Americans to like be obsessed with Hollywood because Hollywood is our royal family, as it were. And like, <laughs> yes, it's it's interesting. I would love to hear how did you get interested in old Hollywood and what is it that drew you to old Hollywood? Like the, the I love the style of storytelling. Like I, I can't watch a three-hour movie. So a film that's 60 to 80 minutes is perfect for me because, you know, I get the whole thing. And I love the way they just get into it, you know, like mm -hmm. you're 10 minutes into a film and like three acts have happened already. It's like, you know, <laughs> crazy fast. And um, yeah, the, I love the glamour. I love the charm. I love the music. I love the stars. I love the, you know, the look. I, just, I don't know. It just clicks with everything I'm, I'm a fan of. So. And, and radio plays, you know, and I, you know, I used to listen to those all the time when I was a kid. So. 
so yeah i've just grown up loving hollywood i'm very oh. envious of you guys <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can have our royal family and i'll have yours <laughs> i'm good i'll take i'll take hollywood <laughs> personally. i mean no, no disrespect but <laughs> yeah no no that's fine <laughs> i don't blame you oh. were you um has this always been a fascination for you like since you like were a kid or is this something that you found late in life or like teenage years like i used to watch the universal horror movies a lot when i was mm -hmm. uh, growing up because they were always on like midnight so you'd yeah. stay up and flick the black and white tv on and put the blanket over and just watch the invisible man <laughs> and, yes. stuff. and then when when like you know when i you know home and you start building your own film collection for the first time mm -hmm. they, they were the ones that were, I, I was just drawn to i don't know i've always just loved i can't can't get enough of it it's just yeah. an endlessly delightful period in history. I just love it. Fantastic. <laughs> You're yeah. very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're worldwide, so I mean, we're not we're yeah, not hoarding yeah. at least. Um, so we uh, so we actually brought you on because um, you know, being a um, Val Luton expert, clearly, um, we uh, thought it would be a wonderful to discuss uh, Cat People, um, which is a fantastic film um, from 1942. It's um, an RKO radio picture. Um, I'd love to go around. Kathleen, had you seen this movie before? I had not seen it. Um, I. No, my mom's a big fan of Val Luton and oh. this, and um, but I had not done up until um, we were going to do this podcast. I watched it a couple times this week, and I had um, the closest I when I listened to this series um, last fall um, when I was working on my Halloween costume. So I was like re-listening to your podcast on this, and then having like realizing I had such wonderful memories with like listening to this already because it was something that um, um, that I listened to when I was like working on something I love versus just working. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, bless you. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, I did since 1920s, like kind of dress and outfit. So it was very like a, like an old Hollywood sort of dress. And I was, um, I actually had to like lay the fabric out and cut it on the bias. And so it took a lot of like prepping and working. So I was like, intently listening to your podcast while I had to do this very tedious work and it was very soothing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm glad to have been there with you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> glad it well down that was a that was actually a really great Halloween. I went down to um, LA from because I live in Seattle so I flew down to LA for Halloween and met up with oh, Kathleen really? and we okay. did like a we did like a kind of a Hollywood um, Halloween. It was great. They had um, yeah. mm -hmm. down at the Cicada they have this um, Halloween party that was really amazing. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that um, play, with that uh, restaurant, like uh, dinner the dinner club, basically supper club. Um, and they had um, it's the they actually use the interior, the main um, main interior as the lobby for American Horror Story Hotel. So it's that really okay. beautifully ornate um, building. And um, we went and there was a girl dressed up as Glinda the Good Witch. And like, there, it was like, it was kind of like the perfect, like perfect little venue wow. for that. So yeah. it was wonderful <laughs> for Halloween. Wow. So um, yeah, uh, I, um, for um, uh, my history with this movie is I think I actually ended up watching it one time on the TCM app a while ago, but I wasn't really paying attention to it. Um, I think it was on in the background while I was working on some project or something. So I found it, um, I found it, it was entertaining at the time, but um, listening to your podcast, Adam, it was like really, um, mm -hmm. it really kind of like drew out all the story and um, it made, it made it way more interesting to watch when, For when, sure. you, have, when you have that history. I thought that was really cool. Um, so um, I was wondering, Adam, is this the, what was your history with this film? Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I got this film on like a horror compilation DVD kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I, was, I was watching lots of Universal Horror at the time and I didn't really click with Cat People the first time I saw it. I must be honest, I found it quite slow and a, a little bit too different from everything mm -hmm. else I was seeing at the time because the makeup for Universal Horror Movies is like right you know the monsters are right front and center yeah, all the time exactly. and um a cat people was so different but i think my respect for it by the end of the film had grown and so i sort of put it on the shelf and revisited it like once a year after that and um and and now i love it i just think mm -hmm. it's it's such a gorgeously creepy movie and i, I love the fact that um you know it's set in contemporary 1940s you know as opposed to all these other sort of you know god knows when they were set you know crashing lightning right <laughs> doublets mm -hmm. and horse and carts kind of period things um 
I think it's it's just I I, lo I love it because we watched it today actually on um like a really nice Criterion Blu-ray edition just so I could brush up on the story details and things and um, I was struck again by just how how well he's caught that sort of period in time you know people have real jobs in the film they don't right. you know they're not they're not just wandering around from scene to scene they they go to work they go to eat it's just and and the, the whole thing is like looking through this I think I say it in the series you know it's like it's perfect mirror of contemporary 1940s but with like a crack down it you know there's like something there that's not right mm -hmm. exactly so that's what makes it so nice and chilling um i i'm wondering did this do you know if this film was like the first sort of like psychological thriller in a way that was happening for like because if if it's meant to be a horror film it doesn't really act as a horror film it's not that horrific but it is kind of a little bit more psychological mm. in nature i'm sure they're probably they're probably you know more 1930s horror films i mean that like you've got things like dr x which is you know basically a contemporary horror film mm -hmm. about sort of lunatic and i mean there's mystery of the wax museum they're all kind of like contemporary horrors in the 30s that are very sort of pre-coding right. and nasty and stuff but i think with with cat people it was more like normal life there's no like grand guignol kind of setup behind it at all it's like they're just normal people and the whole sexual repression thing is like a, right it's, it's like it's almost like blue velvet you know it's like what mm -hmm. goes on behind the front doors um so i don't i don't it must have been at least a forerunner i would say uh, right. that kind of thing if not the first mm -hmm. i'm trying to think if there's other movies of that of before this period that dealt with like having a psychiatrist involved you know a lot of it was just sort of un, you know a, i feel like i'm thinking of like um that one with um, there's that one where there's the murder about the hands or something, and he there's just a lot of like mad murder, love. mad love. Yes, exactly. Mm. Um, there's just like murders and those sort of like psychological thrillers like that, but they're never really dealt with in the way that actually like tries to figure out what happened or what's wrong with them in you know psychologically speaking or you know um, emotionally <laughs> that sort of stuff. So <laughs> I think that this is the one of the ones that kind of first started thinking about that, which is that mm. makes it a little bit more interesting. Mm -hmm. Have you um have you seen Seventh Victim? I have not yeah. seen Seventh you know? Victim. There's why see. after listening to the the Shadow series, there's like a whole list of movies that I need to see. Mm. <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> it's really we, weird. Is it? Yeah, because um Seventh Victim features Tom Conway in the same role again, but but he gets killed at the end of Cat People. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, um, we are, we're all about spoilers. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you shouldn't be listening. <laughs> yeah, but, it's eight years old. You should yeah. Right now. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so yeah, he, he, <laughs> he gets killed at the end of um, Cat People, mm -hmm. and he's back again in Seventh Victim. Same character as well. Same name. Oh wow! And, oh, wow. Uh, and the and the quote at the beginning of Cat People is a fake quote, um, all about you know the duality of souls and things, and and it's attributed to his character. It's like Dr. Lewis Judd, and I didn't really notice it to begin with. Right. So I think L Luton's very you know very clever when it comes to. Uh, the, the small details that, that add resonance later on, you know, like um, like quotes at the beginning of films, you automatically attribute those to the, the great writers of time. Right, yeah. Um, so he attributes it to Lewis Judd, and then he pops up later in the film, gets murdered, and then in Seventh Victim, he comes back, and he's like, you know, this this character's doing the same thing again. He's like sleezing onto the ladies. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> the psychiatrist you wouldn't want treating your wife. None at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in terms of um, sleazy psychiatrists, yeah. Exactly. I think at one point he even says in in Cat People he even says, "What would happen if I kissed you?" And I was like, "You'd lose your license." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's what would happen. <laughs> Just you know, something to think about. <laughs> so, um, do you, did you guys um did you guys like like Cat People? You, I did. You a fan? Mm. Um, I thought, I mean, I liked it a lot. I don't remember, like, I think you, um, when you said that you didn't really connect with it the first time, I didn't connect with it that much as well, but I don't, I, I tend to do this where I put movies on when I'm working and stuff. And so unless it's like glitz and glamour and in your face, I'm not going <laughs> to like immediately like lock into it. Cause I'm like, I'm like a child with like, like bright, shiny things. And then I'll pay attention. But like, if it's another like that, I'm just like, okay, well that was a movie. So, yeah. um, so, but on, I think when I was watching it in preparation for this, I actually like 
made sure that I was like on the couch, not paying attention to my phone and like really mm. paying it and really watching it. And like, there's so many wonderful details in this movie that are like, it, there's, I don't know if they're on purpose or not, but they did a really great job of kind of like setting the tone of things and just kind of like making small references to things, which I thought was really great. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, for the sake of our podcast, we focus on the, the you know, the glamour and the clothes and, mm. you know, the, you know. And, uh, <laughs> you picked the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> not, at, I mean, no, it's, it's I mean, great though, because it's, yeah. co- it's contemporary too, which is interesting mm. as well. Cause like, I think you had mentioned in the podcast that they purchased a lot of the clothes, which is mm-hmm. not a normal mm. thing for the, for that, this era, a lot of the stuff would have been custom made for, um, for yeah. characters or for actresses. So that's actually interesting to think about as well, that they would have gone out and made stuff. Um, but you know, for the sake of our um, our podcast, we got Jane Randolph as Alice Moore, who is like she was a clothes horse in those movies. She had some really good looks, yeah, actually. Yeah. Which yeah. was like, I don't know what they were kind of saying with her character because she had a little bit more kind of like an outlandish style. She was like rocking some serious hats. Um, she had a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was living for it. I was just like, okay, bring in the bring, bring in the looks, Jane. Um, so that was. <laughs> That was great um, to see, but I think that that was some other things too. I actually just realized I did not go through the um, the stats of this movie, so um, you know, because I'm just so nervous and excited to meet a celebrity. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, me too. <laughs> I, um, I, I looked through your uh, Instagram feed earlier. I'm trying to get a, trying to get a fix on what you guys were going to look like because um, from your podcast, you can't tell. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you get that a lot, but um, you, you, your voices are unquantifiable. Oh, hmm. oh, yeah, cool. So, yeah, you look, you look, you know, ten times more fabulous than I imagine. Oh, thanks. I'm gonna put that on my business card. Unquantifiable, but ten times more fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let me run. Let me run through. Not to not to derail this. Uh, you know this, <laughs> uh, this compliment more, session. Um, we so um, Cat People, nineteen forty two. Like I said, um, radio um, RKO radio picture. Um, uh, directed by Jack Turner. Uh, writing written by um, Dewitt Bodine and produced by uh, uh, Val Luton, of course. Uh, in the actings, we got Simone Simon as Irena Dubrovna. Dubrovna. Uh, Kent Smith as Oliver Reed, Tom Conway, um, Dr. Lewis Judd, Jane Randolph, um, wearing all the clothes as Alice Moore, <laughs> Jack Holt as the Commodore, um, another, some uh, honorable mentions to Teresa Harris as Minnie the Waitress, Alan Napier as Doc Carver, who we may all know as um, Alfred from Batman, from the Batman series, which is yep. awesome. I just like, why does that guy look so familiar? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the costumes designed by this mo- um, in this movie are designed by um, Renee R E N I E with an accent. So um, mm-hmm. she it's interesting. Kathleen when I were talking um, moments before uh, we started that she doesn't have a huge. She has I mean, one. She has a huge resume, like just massive mm-hmm. resume. Mm-hmm. I mean, she like good God. Under her design credits, costume designer, she's Cleopatra is one of hers. Yes, she won the Oscar for Cleopatra um, with uh, Irene Sheriff, which mm-hmm. is great to see. Wow. But she has 183 credits, you know, oh which is nuts. Um, she uh, she died in 1992, and her last credit was 1985. So she was, and she died at 91 years old, I believe. Isn't that correct, Kathleen? Yeah, I think so. 90, she lived 90. a long time. Yeah, yeah she was working. <laughs> so, Fun. yeah. And she looked, and from the looks of it, she was the sort of RKO lady. So she did mm-hmm. a lot of the other things that um, were probably kind of, uncredited things, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. It looks like it. She did. Um, where? What was I looking at? There's some ones that were familiar. She did like a couple me. of the Falcon films, didn't she? Um, yes, yeah. she did do some of the Falcon films. Um, so, well, and she did Kitty Foyle with Ginger Rogers. Oh yeah, which oh, is true. Yeah. All American, like. It's, yeah, that's real and great, great, great looks. So <laughs> yeah, so she did do Falcon and the Coeds, which would have been written Falcon in Mexico. I mean, she. Uh, radio stars on parade (laughs) 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 so many good looks um yeah so which is interesting because there's not a ton about her like her wikipedia page is pretty brief she kept i mean it Mm -hmm. seems as though she kind of stayed out of the spotlight even though she was nominated for four oscars and one for um, cleopatra which is amazing because that movie has 
some clothes in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> clothes for days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so that's really kind of interesting. We try to find as much information on the uh, costume designers, but not a lot on her. So she's an enigma, which is interesting. But I see um, her name a lot. I think she did, um, she did one of my favorite films, I think, The Brighton Strangler. Oh, did uh, she? That, yeah, I think that's one of hers. I seem to remember her name. Probably. Yes, she did in 45. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Yeah. And lots wow. of contemporary clothing. Then, yes. Basically. Lots of fedoras and trilbies. And yeah, this, the suits and, in this movie okay. are amazing. Um, I love Kent Smith's suit in this. I must be honest. I did keep an eye out for yes. today because I know you're familiar <laughs> your angle. But, um, <laughs> I love his suit. Uh, the beginning where he meets her. Yeah. He, oh, I mean, yeah. The 1940s is just the best best time for men's dressing, I think. The suits and the sweaters and everything. Yes. So good. I actually really want to start wearing sweat, um, sweater vests under suit jackets. Like, that's going to be my new look for 2021. It's it'll be, be good. It'll be a nice look. Um, yeah, well, especially where you live where it's always kind of cold. Uh, don't mean, get that me would work, but, yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, you get a little extra layer. <laughs> um yeah um, actually i'm not that familiar with kent smith as an actor i feel like he kind of flew under my radar but i'm like talk about talk about all american good looking boy jesus Mm. christ (laughs) what do you think of his character Um, that was actually i did i'm glad that you brought that up because there's some uh thoughts that i have on that so i feel like oh um, did you have some notes (laughs) (laughs) feedback more so um i feel like uh there's no true villain in this movie, which is interesting because it feels like you feel bad for you feel bad for Irena's character. Yes. Because she's, you know, doing the best that she can with the tools that she's given. And but Oliver and goes into this marriage like completely aware of the situation. It's not like she doesn't warn him, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I do think it's interesting too. It's just like who enters into a sexless marriage? But I think well, it's the 1940s, and this is remember this is wartime. This is there were a lot of funky marriages going on at the time. You know? Yeah, I, I, there's I a lot just, of people like let's get married now. I'm gonna go see you later. So, yeah. You know, so it could have happened. So. Yes, I think that was what what I found kind of interesting was that he knowingly knowingly got into this marriage with with Irena and then just like accepted it just being like oh okay i guess we're just gonna have sex or kiss or embrace or whatever you know when you say so but i'm just like dude you gotta you know see the writing on the walls before you do that so um and then and then he just kind of dumped her the minute that um alice was like oh i'm in love with you too and he's just like okay so there's an out all right (laughs) yeah i can get laid with you okay (laughs) (laughs) well i think that's also um, go on sorry Oh, no, I was just going to say that you mentioned, like, the whole sexual repression. Like, maybe they mm-hmm. they already had a thing for each other already, and then, but because they're colleagues or whatever, and then it never happened, and then it, like, it took him meeting and marrying another woman for them to realize that they love each other. So, mm, right. yeah. <laughs> I am. Um, I watched this in the cinema um, the end of 2017. There was, like, a thing at the British Film Institute. So, we arranged a screening, and we had, like, loads of people come down, and Everyone was sat in the cinema watching this and then Curse of the Cat People afterwards. And everyone was booing him. Like, oh. Oh, everyone yeah. hated Kent Smith's character. And huh. I think, I think like you say, it's interesting. There's no villain in the film. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's almost like the subtlety in which, like, Luton and, and Dewitt Bodine make him as dull as possible. Like he, um, he always orders apple pie. There's a bit where Teresa Harris comes to the table and she goes, you know, his Bavarian cream and she offers it to him and he just shakes his head and she gives it to, you know, Alice. And then there's some other fancy dessert and that goes to the doctor and he's always apple pie and he comes in, you know, would you like gumbo? And he's like, no, apple pie, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And she gives him apple pie. She's like, man, no one wants gumbo. You know, no one wants anything exciting, you know. It, it, right. just, this, this guy comes in and he plods in and he goes to work and, pie and he's like he belongs to be you know he, he deserves to be <laughs> alice in a way because she's as, as much as i think jane randall's a very attractive woman in this her character's very sort of i know yeah it's almost like she's kind of zombified half half the time and where, right, whereas you yeah. have a Irena and the doctor and they're kind of the only ones that are kind of living their best life a little bit you know they're, mm-hmm. they're sort of they put their furs on they go you know and you know they've <laughs> he's got a sword in his cane and he orders the interesting food 
It's yeah. like um, almost like they very subtly made uh, Oliver and Alice a bit a bit duller to, to to raise the audience's sympathy with the more interesting characters. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. I thought that was. I thought that was interesting too because you're right. He does. He even mentions in the um in the office he's like i've never been upset before i've never had problems yeah. before like he's like school was great my parents were wonderful and i'm just like dude how did you get through school without a single issue I'm like that's like he's been walking around say- um, the city flipping a coin and kicking yeah. the cans and since school you know just drawing a shift yeah him and alice are just the definition of basic they're just yeah. basic, yeah, exactly. really basic whereas you're right, and then the others are exotic in a way and complicated yeah. and right yeah i have a story to tell yeah <laughs> and that makes sense that's probably what drew him to arena to begin with is that she was she wasn't so like she was the other and, yeah. right yeah mm-hmm. so i guess i wonder if that was sort of a play um another psychological play on that sort of like you know everything's perfect all american like you know Nothing, nothing, nothing to see here. <laughs> Until that foreign temptress came along. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, how else can you, I mean, nothing wrong with that, right? <laughs> um, let's, so, uh, well, what else would, we, sorry, I lost my place. <laughs> um, Do you, hmm I was going to say, do you have a favorite look from this movie? Me, specifically? Um, I think that there's actually, um, there's a lot of um, looks to talk about actually in this movie. I thought it was interesting that um, one thing that I really wanted to point out was that I thought that it was interesting that Irena's coat that she wears all the time almost Mm -hmm. has like a bit of like a seal skin kind of like fur to it in a way. Mm -hmm. It's not a true fur, but it's that kind of fur that lays down really flat. And I thought that that was a nice kind of touch to make her kind of seem like she's a cat in a way. It was like panther leg. Yeah, it was like a small nod to that without making because I think that they did a really good job of not like beating you over the head with the fact that she's like I'm a cat, you know, like yeah, with all of that stuff. Like you know, I you could it could have gone like pretty bad with like you know like leopard print shirt like leopard prints everywhere or like you know she could yeah, have gone, yeah. gone full carol baskin with it you know <laughs> I, was gonna say, uh, I know this is an american tale but this is not in florida orange county or oklahoma so. yeah. <laughs> i mean it could have gone that way but i think yeah. they did a pretty good job of that like i re- like i really do like her 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 ja- like that coat if you really pay attention it has like that kind mm-hmm. of um sheen to it which is interesting so it's not but it's also also not like as overt as some other things it's not you know and i think that there's some other some other things too they did with like her sleeves having a little bit longer the longer kind of over the over the front of the hand so it makes her hands in some scenes it makes her hands looks really small almost like little kitty paws which yeah. i thought was interesting without you know, again without beating you over the head with it um but you know it was fun that she was a fashion designer too or a fashion yes. illustrator and but she you know because she's kind of on the lower rung of the the totem pole she wasn't able to like be as glamorous as some people even though there's a lot of um there's a lot of uh press photos of her in like amazing gowns on the set which i think was interesting (laughs) that's not how that ended up in the final film (laughs) yeah i i thought that too because i did see a lot of publicity shots of her in these stunning you know uh, gowns by renee but uh (laughs) there's not a lot of her wearing that but she does have really great um out just outfits in general the outerwear and the hats in this movie are fantastic which is to me very 1940s like great coats great hats (laughs) (laughs) jane randolph wins on hats in this film definitely yes Yes. oh my god she's got these wonderful (laughs) hat in every scene um yeah which she's really like with uh she's got the oversized oversized beret she's got the you know the big fur thing she's she's really killing it some she's got a, a veil what she wear i mean she wears some that amazing outfit at the wedding the like the dinner the wedding dinner yes i'm like at first i was like i didn't even recognize her in that scene i was like who is this rich ass bitch <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh okay <laughs> like she really pulled all the stops out for this marriage I'm like, you can see why apple pie boy went for it he's like i'm at the serbian restaurant does anybody have apple pie <laughs> <laughs> oh he's that guy 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Do you have fries? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Do you have any ketchup <laughs> to go with the steak? <laughs> oh, my God. So, Kathleen, did you have other looks that you were interested in highlighting? Um, I just a big shout out to um, Alice's bathing suit. That's actually one of my favorite scenes because when she's at the, in the pool, that is like, it's very unnerving. And I think it's just done so well. But I, as you know, I love swimwear and I love that 1940s swimwear because you can even see like the zipper in the back. It's all perfectly tailored. It's way before Lycra and all that. And it just, it, it looks great. So I, I just, yeah, I wanted to shout out to that amazing swimsuit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks fantastic in it, if I may say so myself. Like, come on. That's oh, like, goodness, that is like yeah. such a good time for swimwear and like that, that sort of bathing beauty look. So, and she's just like casually like going for her laps. And I think that's great. So. <laughs> and it was really smart the way she jumped in the pool. I just thought that was really like a great move. And she's, and then the mm. whole like, I don't know. Cause like the whole like cats don't like water supposedly. So, but my cat loves water. He, anytime I'm pouring water, he's fascinated. So I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> <laughs> She's sending him off for Alice. Yes. I, yes. <laughs> I actually used to have a cat with um, my old roommate and he would hang out in the sink Yeah, and you yeah. would just turn the water on and like wash your hands and he'd just stay in there. Yeah. <laughs> he'd just yeah, completely unbothered by it. He'd just like look at it as if it was like something really strange, but yeah. Um, so not all cats. Like the assassin. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so, uh, since you did pay attention to the um, to the looks in this film, um, Adam, was there anything that you were interested in, like discussing more? Um, I think I think I like the role that she was playing in this film. Actually, oh, let's yeah. be honest, um, mm. the whole bit where you know uh, Rain is after Alice and they're in and out of the shadows all the way along. It just focuses on their feet. I thought that was oh really yeah, clever. oh yeah, that is really um, clever, and the sound. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the whole the whole sound thing in this film is it's brilliant. It, it works again in the swimming pool scene. This is about the, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think you've covered everything on looks. I I really like her fur coat look. Yeah. You know, she's either in that sort of artist smock thing that she keeps answering the door in with the handprints, you know, down the front, or she's in her pajamas and fur coat out to visit some leopards at night. Yeah. So, yeah. There's um, <laughs> also like when she when um, she comes back after that scene from trying to attack Alice, she um, comes in and she's covered in mud and her shoes are all covered in mud, too, which is interesting because they really went there on the whole idea of the shoes and that sort of thing with with that. Which mm -hmm. I thought was interesting and that the footprint kind of uh, evolution and things like that. So that was really cool. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> we're back. I know. Sorry, I'm poor and I don't want to pay for this. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. No. I honestly I'm have no idea. Forty minutes. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea how expensive it even is. Cool. I don't really have guests, so I don't really have this issue. But, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, that's a good. That's a good point. I was curious about your podcast because your podcast seems so laborious. Is that like how? <laughs> How do you and and also you're I'm not gonna lie you're a pretty good actor too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's no. it's very engaging. It, yes. It's um, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's you're very, very cinematic. It feels like I'm watching. It feels like I'm listening cinematic. to like a like a like a radio show with like full music and everything. I'm like really impressed. I gotta say, like you. I mean, thank you very much. That's very kind. Five stars. Is this is this, is this bit going into the show? Sure. Yes. Oh, don't put, don't put this bit into the show. Though. Too but, late. Um, oh damn! It. I'll tell I'll tell you afterwards. Then. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> Little uh -oh. peek behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're very sweet. Thank you very much. Are, are you taking acting lessons? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I've got some news for you, but I can't tell you. Oh, of course. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, I mean, that's exciting. So, um. Uh, stay tuned to your social media feed because I'm sure those things will come out soon. Um, uh, so, uh, what else did we have to cover on cat people though before we before we transition out of that? Because um, there's was there anything we needed to cover on that? I feel have like you, have you seen Curse of the Cat People? I have not seen no. Curse of the Cat People. I did recently okay. watch um, uh, Island of the Dead. 
I love the dead. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. That was on Turner classic movies recently. So it was streaming and I was just like, okay, let me, um, let me put this on while I was working on something. Um, and it was, uh, I think a couple of, I think it was a couple of weeks after they did the, um, stay at home order in Seattle. And okay. then it was all about, quarantining on the island and i was just like <laughs> and i was just oh, like yeah. really turner classic movies this is you're gonna put this like <laughs> like whose idea was this because <laughs> they put them okay, on okay i as, would say yeah no i would say i'm um, uh curse of the cat people probably mm-hmm. better for looks yeah you oh, yeah. see arena in, in this one it's she's got like the whole fairy princess gowns and like these amazing like white snow white hood things and everything is crazy yeah. and it's very sort of set more in the folklore side of things like oh, very oh cool so, yeah. it's great I, love it. I prefer it to, I prefer it to the first one oh do you okay so oh, that was definitely yeah. gonna put that on the to watch list too um mm. it's a very freaky film because you're expecting more cat people huh. it's not like that at all it's like um a coming of age story but with the same characters oh. and the rain is a and the rain is a ghost and she comes back as this small girl's best friend and it's set in sleepy hollow so you've got the headless horseman thing going on and it's just oh. the wildest we've got to check wildest <laughs> sequel you can ever imagine like so that someone said you know well someone did say we want more of this please curse yeah. the cat people they tried they tried to get him to make more of it to make more money and he went oh we'll see and just wrote the craziest <laughs> the craziest sequel he could think of it's brilliant nice wow this um but this movie though is really great if you're ever if you're at all interested in like 1942 fashion though this one mm-hmm. is like really perfect for that time period because it's like you're like we were saying this is that it's very contemporary and it was nice to see too like especially if you pay attention to like Minnie the the waitress you yes. can see like mm. a wonderful like kind of like out um like a uniform of like the working class in a way and it's like this fun mm-hmm. little gingham sort of number and it's got it's rem- reminiscent of a ki- kitty foil style with the little like sleeve turnbacks and stuff which is yep. really great um and then this one with all of the sportswear and stuff and the suit you like the swimsuits and then the actual like casual wear that the women wear during this which is great because you see mm-hmm. you know Irena is a little bit more kind of down to earth and homey kind of way she's not as you know dialed up as um as you know uh I already forgot her name fucking Alice, Alice. <laughs> the coffee's kicked in <laughs> the coffee's kicked in my mouth is going but my brain's not working <laughs> you know I was, I was gonna say another great thing about this movie is the hair the hairstyles mm-hmm. in here for as far as like um everyday like what real women of the 40s although a little dolled up and glamorous but like all those like pin curls and the the, the uh, sweeping updos and that's all very uh you know t- and a really great, I think, a great resource if you're looking for kind of um, research and hairstyles from like the uh, wartime 1940s, which were amazing. Because, you know, we've talked about this before where there was a lot of um, rationing with uh, clothes or, you know, cloth and stuff Mm -hmm. to make clothes. There was no rationing and rules on hair and hats. And so that's why you see people with these like fairly austere suits and these wackadoo hats that are just works of art with this amazing like, glamorous hair because it's like well i can only get two inches of fabric for it's all just focused energy on the like the head yeah, <laughs> the top. Exactly. So, and my fabulous shoes it was like shoes and hats you know so yeah exactly. but i love it <laughs> do you think it'll ever come back like you know that kind of that I, kind of um that kind of style you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I feel like, especially now with the quarantine and all that, I there's a very, I feel like we're living in a very kind of weirdly 1940s world in some ways. Mm. Uh, Everyone's just as making far stuff. As, and yeah, making stuff and making do and, um, and just kind of, uh, uh, yeah, like rationing and doing stuff mm-hmm. probably for mm-hmm. the first, really for the first time since then. And mm. um, I know for, for people like me, you know, I, um, I'm I'm going to be 42, so like I remember growing up with people who either grew up in the depression or lived through. I've even I met people who were you know had been in concentration camps. So like to me, I felt like when all this was happening, I I did have a strong. It did kind of make me feel. I don't know. I I feel like there's a sense of seriousness. Seriousness. I feel about what's going on today that 
maybe people who are younger don't have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. At least where I live, like not everybody's practicing social distancing and wearing masks and doing all that. And it tends to be people on the younger side. So I don't know. I wonder if it's just that not really being as close to something so intense like that. But I'm sorry, I'm digressing because we were talking about 1940s fashion. But yes, <laughs> I, we're seeing a lot of that because people can't go get their hair done now and people can't mm. do a lot of that. So you're seeing a lot of um, DIY kind yeah. of stuff happening right now, which I, I kind of love. You know, I love the creativity. And I think for a lot of people, it's, it's given everybody a time to sort of take a pause and do that where we hadn't been doing that for a while. We're just kind of always on our phones. So I'm happy to see people sewing and baking bread for the yeah. first time. So it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think, I think there's two lanes when it comes to fashion right now. I think there's a lot of people who are straight up just giving up yeah. and yeah. <laughs> being like, I'm going to go full institution with my outfit yes. and just like sweat. You can't see me with my hands raised. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, <laughs> Some people don't, and then there's other people, like I see people are making like masks that match their dresses or match, mm -hmm. match their outfits. So it's like some people, it's not that they're embracing it. It's almost kind of like a fuck you because you're like, well, <laughs> even in the face of this, I will continue to try to be fabulous, and right. stuff, which mm -hmm. reminds me a lot of the 40s. Yeah. So. <laughs> I do think that there's a lot of people who are um, that um, because they're at home and they're, they, it's that sort of thing is like, you don't know what you're missing until it's gone. And that mm -hmm. concept of getting up every morning, getting dressed to go to the office, like it was a chore to like get presentable in the morning and then go to the office and people are now people are starting to after like a few weeks of not doing that they're realizing that oh this made me feel normal and a human being so maybe i should like i don't know run a comb through my hair <laughs> so <laughs> i think that people are doing that and kind of going the opposite direction some people are doing it for the instagram likes some people are doing it you know, for other reasons. So I, but I'm like anything to get people to try a little harder is I'm on board with. So like, yeah. let's go for it. <laughs> um, but I don't, I'd be interested to know, cause ha I think like, like suit dressing is probably not something that is going to come back. I think for men, like, on um, you know, the everyday suits, except mm -hmm. for, you know, people who have to, um, because, but, and hats, I don't know if that'll ever come back cause they are so, um, you know, just intense to have to store and <laughs> live with a hat. When you have multiple hats, it's hard to like find the space where for them to get, be and without crushing and stuff. So I think that that's, um, I think we're just going to let that dream die, but it's nice to see people giving it a try, you know? So maybe gloves in this day and age with, uh, oh, with having yeah. to, you know, wear yeah. masks and stuff maybe cause like people wearing reusable masks, maybe see people and maybe gloves back. Hopefully. We'll see. That'd be kind of nice. <laughs> kind of chic, you know? Yeah. But also seems really fussy. I could just see people not being into it because we're so used to having such a disposable world. Yeah. But if you had to resort to that and like doing reusable all the time, I could see gloves. I could see that happening. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Adam, when you were researching, when you started the, the Shadows series, what was it about? Um, so for Val Luton, because he's not like a main, he's not like that sort of like main dude that has kind of lived in the pantheon, unless it's like, because I'm not as familiar with the horror genre. So I'm wondering why did you hone in on him specifically? Well, I've done, I've done Universal Horror. I think that was like the third or fourth series I made. And his name come, came up a lot when I was making it, you know, it was, you know how he influenced it and it influenced him he rebelled against the formula and all that kind of thing and he just intrigued me i think and the fact that he only made you know 14 films you know over the course of a short career had an early death it just seemed like a story that had more to it so when i looked more into the story i just i just thought you know the whole thesis behind shadows is not so much about the films it's about it's kind of a love story you know it's about him and ruth really yeah, and I hadn't I hadn't really done a, a love story. I'd done um, like a Game of Thrones kind of family epic thing with bullets and blood, which is the Warner story, and then um, I'd done you know a coming of age sort of heroine with the Audrey series I made. So I saw Shadows as kind of an opportunity to tell a love story, and and the fact that he made these you know amazing masterpiece films along the way is just. Um, incidental really just it it served a, a very good purpose for the for the series because it allowed me to tell the story of each film 
and what was happening to him behind it. And no one's really told his story before, you know, it's kind of a, yeah. it's a story that, you know, he, a lot of people know him and they like his films and he's very, very well respected. I mean, you know, I, I know a few people now who are in the industry and they always say, God, I love Luton. God, I love Luton. God, I love Luton. You know, people like Guillermo del Toro, they're massive Luton fans. And yeah. You know, Pete Ramsey, who directed Spider-Verse, he's, you know, oh my God, you know, he informed my style so much. I think he's had a far more, you know, far bigger effect on people than, than many realize. So I think it was time to, to get the definitive, you know, there's a start, there's the end story instead of just all these kind of trivia facts because he seems to be reduced to just trivia. Right, so I just yeah. wanted to collect everything yes. together. And I actually got a friend who went through all of his private letters at the Library of Congress. And, and that's where all the Ruth stuff came from. It was, you know, all the stuff's never been seen before, you know, and I'm reading all these sonnets he wrote to her and all these wow. notes that like three times a day he used to write to her and tell her what was going on. So all of that stuff has never been told about him before. So it was just a chance to, to paint a complete picture of him and the films at the same time, which is great. So I love those two. Yeah, I mean, the work that you did as far as like breaking down and doing the history on almost every main character was just breathtaking with just yeah. to the, the amount of work that uh, just imagining the work um, to do all that research was staggering for to, as a listener. Um, <laughs> and also the connection to Alan Asimova, which I thought was just mm. like, wait, what? When I that yeah. the first episode, <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. And, and just hearing about her too. And cause she's, she's, she's our girl. She's, she's all about the fabulousness. So. Yeah. Performance <laughs> so art. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, Have talking you seen- about Hmm? Have you seen um, Salome? Um, oh yes, we oh, do. We yes. podcast yeah. Salome. Yeah. So, oh, yes. good, good, good. Yes. Which is, we're which big is, fans. Yeah. I mean, talk <laughs> about like you could definitely tell she. We, I think we even said in that episode where we're like, you could tell she's one of those kids in art school that was like, yeah, yeah. really yeah. into it. <laughs> Just like, okay, you're, yeah. you're working on a whole different level. You're one of those theater yeah. kids. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's super intense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought your theory series was really good about um, talking about um, the other people in his family and particularly just like his mother, how in- incredibly intelligent she was and became, you know, uh, somebody in the industry as well, uh, Val Luton's mom. And, mm-hmm. uh, and just, um, and then the way you described um, him having uh, his daughter and the relationship with his daughter, I, I, it's so absolutely touching. I, it's just wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm really, really <laughs> Please, the heat. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, it's <laughs> funny. I, I tell everyone to listen to it. I'm just like, first, I'm, I'm like, this, I just, the scope of it is like amazing. And I think yeah. that that's what I think I Thank try you. to sell everybody on. It's like, no, this isn't just like a, this is like a, this is like a, like you know it's a narrative podcast and all of that and i was just like there were multiple times where i was like at work getting misty oh my god it's so good yeah it's, it's like, just you're really good at painting like all the other people around around him who helped make him who he was and i think that is so wonderful like it was just yeah. it was so uh vivid descriptive and it was really it's really good <laughs> Thank you so much. It, the, the fun part now is because I'm on, I think, Carrie's series nine, I think. So all of the characters from past series and stuff, they're like popping back up again. Oh, no. You know, oh, like, that's um, great. Like, so exciting. Like David, David Selznick was in um, the, what series was it? Um, the, one of the, the Hitchcock series I made, sorry. Oh, right, yeah. So uh, obviously played a big part in Hitchcock's career. And he was a you know very different person to Hitchcock, but in The Shadows series you kind of see a different side of him you know mm-hmm. he's more you know supportive of Val Luton so yeah. all of these characters they keep sort of re-emerging in other stories like Val Luton's going to pop up again in the future even though you know he, he met his end in shadows so I love the fact that it's like this big universe of characters that keep crossing paths all the time so um, yeah, I love writing about them I love it like, that's that's awesome. Like, that's awesome. I'm so excited. For the, I'm excited for the Carrie Grant. Yeah, we're series. we're like, big fans of Carrie Grant anyway. So this good. is just fantastic. Carrie Carrie's a very different series. It's it's um it's like I try and sort of make the style a bit different every time. Carrie's a very very different series to anything I've done before, and it's very much like the whole thesis behind um Hitchcock was like you know to try and paint a picture of a man instead of just an image of a man like people 
said he was a monster and said he was mm-hmm. a, you know, mm-hmm. an entertainer and stuff, but no one's ever really talked about him as a man, you know? So that was the idea behind that. And, um, like I say, Shadows was a love story that carries very much the story about uh, parents and, and children, definitely. It's, mm. it's like the whole thing is basically, you know, a story of families. And so I'm looking forward to getting it oh, out. Oh, that's it's, so it's cool. It's taking so long to write. <laughs> I mean, oh, wow. I don't blame you. Like, there's a lot. <laughs> must, uh, yeah, that's just it's interesting like i'm and i'm glad that you're able to be afforded that time to do that too so that's that's exciting to see (laughs) because i think it's nice to see somebody doing the doing the work from a place of like um admiration and love you can clearly see it with the way i went with the final product and i think that that's kind of um you know, missing in some things because there's, you know, there's been some misfires um, recently on the old streaming apps of like trying to do these stories of Hollywood. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> why can't yeah. we get a good one? <laughs> yeah. I mean, are you, um, are you, uh, what do you think of um, the new Netflix series? I've watched the first trailer? episode. I've watched the oh. first episode and. How was it? It's good. The first episode is good. So we're um, we're talking about the Hollywood series that's by uh, Ryan Murphy. Um, the problem is, is I've been hurt by Ryan Murphy before. So <laughs> uh, looking at you, American Horror Story season one, like okay. never doing that again. <laughs> um, I've said it. I've said it a thousand times. That final episode, which is basically a Casper family Christmas, was the stupidest thing I've oh ever seen God. in my life. And I was like, I sat around for ten hours to watch this fucking episode. Fuck you, Ryan Murphy. Look, like American Horror Story Coven was really good, and Hotel was pretty decent too. Like, okay. I mean, it's it's good, and I I'll still stand to. by the fact that if they were ever to do a biopic of Mae West, Lady Gaga should play her because she would <laughs> oh get fully God. immersed. It's oh my, my God. I would die on that sword. She would do it. She would do it. I think she would be so good. <laughs> Wow. Kathleen's not letting that go, so I don't know your thoughts yeah, on that, Adam. <laughs> I think that's perfect, right? I think she's so good. I think she's. I I think she would really embrace it, and she would take take it really seriously. And she would because she's that's just how she is, she, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and that's very much like I do. So I I think she'd embody it, and she would crush it. I would. Yeah. I want to see that so bad. <laughs> Sending it out in the universe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have you seen the um, Hollywood series yet? Or is it even out? No, I've seen the trailer. Yeah, and and like you, I'm kind of like, oh yeah yeah i mean did you see feud did you i did not i've seen i watched a bunch of episodes on a plane but i didn't really sit down Mm -hmm. and actually like watch it watch it same i got got to like the end of episode two and i was like i'm not really into it yeah i I think that like i i the thing is is like ryan murphy is he's he's a capable man he's doing the lord's work i mean he's like doing a fuck ton of work so i'm like godspeed and i don't want to speak ill and i don't want to yuck anybody's yum if you love it love it but like i'm watching i watched pose and i was like this is great it was really good and it had some great steam at the beginning and then it just like he was selling out his characters and it was like you know there's a lot of like like messages and stuff and your beat is beating over the head with the messages and stuff and i'm right. just like yes honey i know the 1980s was mm. tough like you know and it was dangerous it's just like you don't need to like beat me over the head with this story and i'm like guys and you know it's just i think that he uh, i think that there's a little bit of like i don't know i don't know so i have um i'm i'm reserving my judgment for when i watch the whole thing i'll say it looks gorgeous they did an amazing mm-hmm. job it on does, yeah. the set design the the locations they're shooting in in the first episode i'm just like i want to live in this universe like it's <laughs> so art deco beautiful and like that hollywood regency and i'm just like give it to me <laughs> like, I, want all of it. Yeah. <laughs> I want the suits i want the you know so it's just it's a great it's a great look and i hope that he does a good job i you know it i have hopes i mean admirable job on it at least so we'll see i think that purists are never going to be happy so we'll see how that goes um but uh that the last tycoon that was on amazon prime was rough (laughs) so it looked good what 
Okay. I, I didn't see that. No. I, oh, yeah, it was I knew one, of it, but I didn't watch it. Yeah, it was a one season deal. I think it didn't get picked up for the second season. It looked beautiful, but mm -hmm. I th don't I think it suffered from not knowing what it wanted to be. And it was like there it was like every episode they introduced another string and all this stuff and there was no there was like all the whole thing was just all loose ends and I'm just like what am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> and um I where is this going and it's not that complicated like what are we yeah i think that i think it kind of was a little ambitious and didn't know what it wanted to be but you know say lovey but i think there's i don't know where i was going with this originally but i think that i think it was coming i think it's because there's not that kind of like time and finesse to do something right and beautiful and i think that was what's interesting about the shadow series not to like completely wax poetic and make you feel super embarrassed about <laughs> your work was just <laughs> the sort of taking taking the um taking the story of Val Luton's career and just the mm -hmm. sort of like the, I hate to say mundaneness of the everyday, but these sort of like, just like making these, you know, in the end, when you look at it, he's just making movies and stuff, but also mm -hmm. just the work that he put into it and the love that he was putting in these movies and the battles he was fighting into these mm -hmm. movies and, and the successes and failures that he had, like that alone was cinematic and exciting. Like it didn't, right. need, it doesn't need to be this big giant like story swashbuckling story in order to make mm. it still a, a compelling story mm -hmm. and i think thank that was you. what was that's a great compliment. It, <laughs> you're <laughs> welcome <laughs> I, and i think that's what i think that's what was was so good about uh, what's good about the series and i'm excited to check out the other series too so Me too. Um, are they are all the back catalog um available um if as a patreon uh, uh yes um it's not um yeah they are um they were acquired by Audible um, oh, in, 2000, okay. in 2016. Um, there is an archive on Patreon. That's all I can say. But um, yeah, so I, I think it's called Channels in the US, but it's oh, called okay. Audio Shows over here. It's like part of their subscription service. They get podcasts. Oh, cool. Well. So there, at least you can so find it's all them. On there. Yeah, oh. so they're on there um, until next year and then then they'll all be back on the podcast feed. But yeah, there's quite a few. I did one on Precode and one on... Um, Universal Horror, I did one on the Communist Witch Hunts, I did one on Hitchcock, I've done Audrey Hepburn and the Warner Brothers and yeah. now I mean, Cary Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything <laughs> that you um is there anything about the Cary Grant series you want to tease to get people excited about it or besides um, the fact that it's all about Cary Grant? I know there's that. <laughs> <laughs> um the music in it is blowing my mind. Oh nice. Yeah. Fantastic. I, I, it's it's I mean the story's great but the music in it as well is um let's just say there's a moment about two hours in to the first episode uh it's just it's a complete banger that's all nice. I oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, I don't want to cut you off, but I think that I feel like we've taken so much of your time already. And um, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> yes, um, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a delight and such an honor to meet you both. It's really oh, <laughs> it's great to meet you too. And <laughs> yeah, we, we really love your podcast. They're so wonderful. They keep us going. And so it's, uh, it, we're really Cary Grant one for real. Yeah. Thank you so much, Catherine. So, <laughs> if you, um, so we do recommend checking out um, all of um, Adam's uh, podcasts. Yes. Um, so, you're um, sorry. Did you want to go ahead and just run through all of your social medias and podcasts? Yeah, because um, you have so much going on. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my main uh, Twitter is at Movie Histories. And then I have another podcast called Out of Boy Clarence, which is like a weekly movie review show. And that's um, at at a boy C. Um, my personal one is at Audio Joe, and I'm on Facebook. And uh, the Patreon is Patreon.com/slash/AtAboySecrets, and the website is AtAboyClarence.com or SecretHistoryOfHollywood.com. There's quite a few. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're like fingers and everything. <laughs> I I do recommend. I also recommend um Attaboy Clarence. It's a great little podcast yes. too. It's fun to get um, the you. reviews and the. It's a nice palate cleanser. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like a nice. It's nice. You also get a little radio show too, which is yes. fun because um I feel like those aren't as um. You know, if you're not, if there, it's just nice having it readily available because mm -hmm. there's so much, and having it curated is fun too because it's and that's something that I'm used to listening to, which is so I'm getting into that, which is very exciting. 
Yeah. I think if um if I didn't have Adam McLaren's, I would probably have gone my ad years ago. It's like it's almost <laughs> like uh, <laughs> you spend so much time writing all these you know long languid scripts and delving into these emotional places, and then it's fun to just come out and you know rip the crap out of a, a Bela Lugosi movie and and, <laughs> and yeah. have a bit of things Crosby on in the background. So, yeah, I would have gone mad with that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming and joining us. I appreciate we appreciate it. Um, and thank, thank you, you to <laughs> welcome and uh, <laughs> thank to the listener for uh, joining us on Old Hollywood Realness. Um, our social media feeds. Thank you for asking. Is Old Hollywood Realness <laughs> on Instagram and Facebook? OHR Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can email us all your thoughts and prayers. Old Hollywood Realness at gmail You can join the Facebook group OHR Podcast Darlings. D H-I-L-I-N-G-S. We got people, um, fans of old movies and um, listeners of the show um, interacting over there. I'm heavily um, engaged on there too. So if you want to hit me up, <laughs> that's the easiest way to get, um, get me involved. Post a link of what you're watching. It's awesome. Uh, thanks to Hal Lublin for his vocal talents at the opening of the podcast, keeping us sounding fresh and profesh as always. Um, and uh, thank you, Kathleen for being oh, a great co-host nope. you're welcome thank you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and as always thanks for listening to ohr Test, test, beep, boop. Test, test, beep, boop. Boop, boop, beep, boop. <laughs>